Welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. This is episode 54. It is once again myself and Evan, the dynamic duo. Um, uh, We were just saying before I pressed the record button, you are the king of the Thursday night spread. It is the only thing that I'm certain of as far as betting goes anymore. It seems like I miss everything else. Mm -hmm. So you're two for two. Last week you called the the Steelers not covering against the Ravens. And now, last night, the Rams absolutely annihilated the Pats covering the spread. I mean, you could have went on a limb and said the Rams by 14. Oh, dude, I know. Well, I said I said Rams by a touchdown because uh, it just seemed like to me that the the trends in Vegas were kind of trending towards like they they obviously gave the Rams two and a half right, but I thought mm-hmm. that was a really small line. Like I, I figured that the Rams would win by at least a touchdown. You know, I, I was a field goal was nothing. Yeah, I think early on when the the line originally came out on Monday, um, it opened at like six. And then as yeah. the days went on up to Thursday, I saw it, it closed at like four and a half. Well, all those late, all those late um, bets coming in on the pay, covering the Patriots. Yeah. Um, well, here's an interesting thing. Since the Pats played um, away versus the Chargers last week, they were in L.A., right? Yeah, they didn't. They never went back to New England. They've been in L.A. for a week. Two. So, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Um I mean the the week in between the games they were there. Yeah. Um. So they didn't. They weren't at home for their own practice facility type thing. Uh, uh, that has a huge effect on a team that 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 went into my decision. You think so? Oh yeah, for sure. Do you think it's, it's also because of the weather? Like they're used to playing in thirty degree weather, and then you're out oh. there in LA. Yeah, of course. I th- I think just not being in your home stadium practicing, like you lose a little bit of an edge for sure. I mean, I'm looking at the stat lines and the Rams on paper didn't play that much better i mean no. they, they had a pick six and they only had 20 more passing yards and they re- the where they won the game was on the ground running the ball cam Akers had a day dude he almost had 200 rushing yards he yeah he 170 171 yards 29 touches he averaged 5.9 yards per carry he was the reason they won that game when i was putting my same game parlay in early on in the day I was like, okay, Cam Akers is going to definitely rush his over and 100% get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He didn't score a touchdown, but he did. He tripled whatever his over, his line was for rushing yards. Yeah, he deserved and a touchdown. 100%. And he got close a couple times, but the Pats kept him out. Seems like the Pats defense could only play defense in the uh, final third. I mean, once again, they held him pretty good on in passing yards. They haven't, like I said to you last night on the over text, it was... I said Patriots haven't given up more than about 220 passing yards, and last night they only gave up 132 with Cooper yep. Cup and Woods being held under 35 yards, uh, respectively each. Yeah, and unfortunately I took the over on Cup's yards because I thought, um, what's that lockdown, lockdown corner's name? for the, uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Yes, I thought he would be on Woods. That's what that's what the, the news was, that he'd be covering right. uh, good old robert woods bobby Mm -hmm. trees as i like to call him yeah uh and no one i I guess he was on him but um the other corner seemed to keep uh cup locked down it just they neither of them went for more than 35 right yep cup had a touchdown late in the game and early on he could should have had one he got stopped at the goal line yeah that little toe drag touched touchdown at the Mm -hmm. uh end it was a great touchdown but he didn't go over for me and then 
I had Damian Harris over 53 and a half rushing yards because I was certain that he would. He looked and, like uh, it. There was a couple flags on two of his plays where he did get the over and it got pulled back. I know. So that fucked me. And then Cam not scoring the touchdown fucked me too. But the uh, the Cowboys-Ravens game mm-hmm. was the one that really got me. Amari didn't get his over and I missed out on like 400 bucks. I was right there with you arm in arm to the end. Yeah, we, I know. We both took a bullet straight through the head on that. That was so brutal, dude. That was such a great bet. I would have won like almost 300 bucks on that. Yeah, I am I am mentally just not there when it comes to sports betting right now. I think I need to take a weekend off and just like enjoy the actual game and take like just watch and enjoy it without being on the edge of my seat. I don't know. It's so stressful. I mean, I, I'm like I'm at this point right now where I cannot get anything right. Yep. Like I just can't it's not working mm-hmm. premier league i've gotten fucked like an unimaginable amount of times oh yeah and like by one goal or a draw or something like that yep. i i need so desperately to take a, a couple days off and regroup and i'm like I, every time i do it i find myself like slipping five dollars on a three legger mm-hmm. or a four legger or a ten legger yeah and i just like i need to just take a break yeah i don't want to go too much into it i covered most of it on, on monday's show trips m yeah so if you guys want to listen to that go check that one out after you listen to this and then also listen to evan's other nfl spreads this weekend coming up for his wednesday one yeah um so moving on to what friday shows usually are we re- we preview and recap the premier league mm-hmm. well every week we get better and better at it we we get the the right points across don't ramble on too much um so last week was an interesting week in the prem um i don't really uh, i'll let you talk about the first one everton burnley i talked about it on monday like i said the one one draw um the wingbacks are be- really being missed in- at everton right now yeah i mean i i had everton there on a win or draw because i knew that that could be a suspect game i think we both picked everton to win mm-hmm. um just a disappointing performance i mean dcl got one in i think right before the half it was like 48th or 45th plus third uh, in stoppage Mm -hmm. and he scored a nice little goal uh good service across the box to him by richarlison Uh, but they were flat after that Uh, they came out second half and just they didn't have it so i thought they needed that a lot and and they didn't get it yeah they lost they lost the first five minutes they gave up a goal to brady in the third and they were playing catch up the entire game yeah, which was just unfortunate to see. As we've said, if Everton didn't aren't aren't cleaning it up, then they're just going to become one of those teams that we think of as you know a fr- frauds. And right now, that's what they are. Yep, that's my take for Monday. I said they're not finishing top six, and I I'm fully back on that still. Yeah, I I think I'd probably agree at this point. I mean, this weekend they have a huge map, match, but we'll get to it in the yep. preview. Uh, Man City Fulham two 0 win could have been more. Uh, but like we said two weeks ago, they handled their business, and now they're going into a Manchester derby where it's a must-win. Yeah. Um, I mean, Man U's actually above City right now by one point, surprisingly. Man City's just been getting their role going. So whoever, yeah. win, whoever wins hops into that top six category. City late on usually are better than United, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, United did heat up last year towards the end, especially with the Project Restart uh, type 
deal going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they could... Right now, they're in decent form. They did... Uh, this is the next game that I wanted to talk about. They did manage to come back from 1-0 down and beat West Ham 3-1. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the way they play football these days. Yeah, the good old days where they go behind and score late on. That's the man you we grew up watching, but it just doesn't have that same feeling. No, of course. You know, they used to call that Fergie time, right? The mm-hmm. last 10 minutes of the game where, where a game is won. Yes. And that's truly i mean that's what it was that you could you could thank ferguson for the, the switches he used to make in the second half uh when united needed it they typically did come back and win uh and i think you're seeing shades of that right now but i don't think it's ollie i think it's just i think it's you know the, the guys the young guys on the pitch starting to realize that they need to fucking win these games because you can't lose to a club like west ham yeah they got the job done um they didn't get the job done in the middle of the week they lost to leipzig and a heartbreaker a high scoring game 3-2 loss but now they dropped to the europa league where they're favorites to win it all them and tottenham i'd say so that's one less stressful thing ali has to worry about i mean still you're in european cup competition but um i don't know how i don't know what his priority is going to be now uh, you would hope that it would be on winning the league, right? Yeah, the, I think they're more realistically... I don't think they have a team to win the league. I think right now it's either going to be Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea, or City. Those would be my top four picks of yeah. title contenders. I think so, too. And, I, I mean, United's got to fight to get in that fourth-place spot. I mean, Pogba's having issues. He wants to leave. His manager's stirring the pot and messing with Ollie and always saying to cut it out and it's just a bunch of drama pointless yeah, really and maybe bullshit. maybe nobody even has the money right now to take Pogba unless he'd be willing to take a pay cut or something at least like with all the coronavirus cutting renov- re- club revenue well you'd you'd think that he would want to take a a pay cut just to make sure that he's getting regular time right yeah I mean Madrid could use a player like Pogba, I think. 100%. They have an aging midfield where they've had the same guys for the past six, seven years, and nobody really rotates into there besides, um, who am I trying to, Valverde. He's the only guy other than those three. He's fucked right now, isn't he? Then he he tore something in his leg. He's not playing. Yeah, he's been injured for a while. So they don't have a lot of depth right there. They have a lot of experience and quality players, but another year or two, and you're really in the need of somebody on the market. And, and Pogba's only getting older. I mean, he's not the young starlet he was at uh, at Juve. So it's time for him to move on soon or else he's going to find himself kind of fading into obscurity, even more so than he already has, which is really saying something. Yeah, he's in his peak years. 27 is usually where those are your best years physically and mm-hmm. uh, skill-wise. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this year turns out. Maybe he leaves in the summer, who knows. But uh, moving on. After the last game, Chelsea got the job done against Leeds. It was a really fun game to watch. 3-1 win. Giroud with another goal. Um, really, really fighting to get more and more game time, and he's rightfully earning it. Um, I mean, I, I, I keep playing him until he's not putting up. I, they just play so much differently with him than Tammy, and he's just so clinical. I know you're one of the biggest fans of him, and regret him yeah. leaving but it's showing the value of how good he is and how we're not giving him his time that he deserves never he he was never given that even even when he was at arsenal i mean they used to bring him off the bench sometimes and that was his prime he's he's past due at this point 
-hmm. you know he's he's old and he's actually producing um he doesn't play a necessarily beautiful style he's just very consistent he's not gonna miss in front of the goal Mm -hmm. uh, with his head or his feet and i think chelsea actually have to like they, they have to jam him into every team until he stops producing Yep, I agree. They finished top of the group in the Champions League, and the, the draw should be coming up within the next couple of weeks to see who we match up against. It's going to be one of the teams that finished second. Um, could be an easy game, or it could be a very difficult one. We'll have to wait and see. Yep. Um, and one more thing about Chelsea. I, I just love how the back line plays. It just, oh, it's good. The beginning of good. the year, you just we, we both of us didn't know what the hell was going to happen with all the changes and the inconsistent starters, but now we have a solid back line and Chilwell and James I love back there they reminded me of how um Trent and Andy Robertson were the past mm-hmm. 2 3 years just the way they get involved in the attack it's it's awesome to see yeah i mean that's what you would expect from a guy like like Frank right i mean he's mr consistent that's how he was his entire career mm-hmm. uh so important in the middle of the park you could depend on a performance from him so i'm sure that he's you know he's asking these guys to just be dependable and and that's what they've been so far mendy maybe signing of the season oh yeah i totally agree and with the depth of the squad they always know there's somebody behind them that just is just as good that can provide quality on the field waiting to play waiting for them to slip up you just better hope Mandy doesn't get injured because Jesus Christ, Kepa played midweek and it was a disaster. Yeah, if I knew he was playing on time, I would have instantly put a loss or a draw for us. Yeah. Uh, the game that was very confusing, starting on Sunday, Crystal Palace 5, West Brom 1. Uh, obviously, West Brom getting a red card helps, but Benteke coming out of obscurity with a brace and Zaha with his first game back also getting a brace and the fifth coming from an own goal, I believe. Yes. Um, and five different assisters. So Palace came out of here wanting these points, and they earned them. Uh, they needed them, too. Um, it was nice to see Zaha back. He looked really good. And then you obviously got a blast from the past. Uh, FIFA 15 mega man Christian Benteke with two goals. Yeah, he's he's made his way around the Premier League clubs from Villa to Liverpool to Palace now. So it was nice to West see. Ham too. Was he? I think so, yeah. He's been around. He's been a journeyman, but he, 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 yeah, like you said, blast from the past was nice to see. So yeah. that, that, that bumps him up to mid table right now, right under Wolves. Um, next, Leicester finally got that win they've been looking for. 2 1, squeaked it out against Sheffield. Um, Vardy and Perez getting goals. Vardy saving, I think, your parlay, you said at the time, in the ninth, yeah, second did. minute he scored. They really waited yep. until the end. Yeah, if, if there's one player in the league that you can depend on to, to score in those late dying embers, um, besides any of the United players these days, it's Jamie Vardy. I mean, he's just so consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's aged like fine wine. Um, and he's always one of those guys that you want to have on in the last, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes to stoppage time. Uh, to make sure that you know you squeeze every last drop out of your out of your team, and they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that keeps him in the fourth place position, that last Champions League spot, right above, right above, uh, or right below him, I should say, uh, Southampton chomping at them. Um, next, the North London derby. We were completely wrong about this. Oh yeah, um, we were. Spurs two, Arsenal nil. Huming Sun scoring potentially goal of the season right now. 
uh, Harry Kane getting also getting a very nice goal, and they assist each other. I believe Kane has eight goals and ten assists, and all ten assists are to Son. Yeah, which is a crazy stat, and it's ridiculous as well. And I think that goal Harry Kane scored made him the all-time top scorer in that in that matchup. Yeah, he has like twenty-two or something now, something like that. No, I thought it was eleven. 11 or 12 he scored. I don't know why I multiplied 11 by 2. But it feels like it. it. Was 11. Um, but, I mean, Spurs had their game plan. They let Arsenal control the possession of the game, the flow of the game, and they just countered, and it worked. And as soon as they countered, most of the time from set pieces, they would clear it out to Harry Kane. He checked into a deep role, how Firmino does at times, like a, sh- like a, um, a shadow striker drops in deep and then his wingers just bomb forward and he slips them in and that's what their game plan was and it worked flawlessly yeah um yeah it's, i mean it's been it's been a rather rough go of it for arsenal don't you think uh yeah i mean their form has been probably top top five worst in the league right now they haven't gotten a win um in five games in the league uh, their last win was that Man United win back at the 1st of November. So we're coming up on two months with them and not getting a win. And they're they're honestly floating right around that relegation zone. I mean, I know they're not going to get relegated, but they need to start picking up these points to get into that top half and fight for European spots. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to give me one second. Keep going. I Something just happened. I'll be right back. Yeah. So, I mean, Arsenal's next couple matchups, they, they, they um, host Burnley which is a nice matchup for them because they play possession-based. And Aubameyang needs a goal. He's only scored two goals in the season so far, and one of them was on the opening day. So he, I mean, he signed a huge contract deal with Arsenal, kind of like a Carson Wentz situation where they paid him out, but now he's not performing after that signing. Uh, But Burnley, like we've said before, is is one of the worst in the league. They've only scored five. Um, they just can't do what um, Everton did and give up an early goal to, Bar- or to um, Burnley. And Because if they give up an early goal to Burnley, they're going to be on the back foot. And Arsenal does not good. Do, does, Arsenal does not play well on the back foot. Um, following that, Southampton, that's a tough game. Everton, Man City, and Chelsea. So this is going to be... A very, very tough window, or that Man City game is in the League Cup. So, I mean, still, it's going to be a tough match. Maybe they rotate guys in there. But this is going to be a very trying time for Arteta and the guys. Um, I don't know how we're gonna, how they're going to do. You would like to think they get six points out of that. Maybe they get a sneaky win against one of those big teams. But it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, the next match we had Liverpool 4. Wolves nil. Liverpool had goals coming from Salah, Matip, and Wijnaldum, and an own goal. Uh, I mean, Liverpool are in stride right now. Great form. They're just they just need their defenders to get healthy now. I believe Trent got some minutes in this game, so another big big player coming back for them in their back line. Um, they they just have to tough it out with Van Dyke. They're gonna have to figure out ways to cope without him, and they've been doing so. They're currently second in the league, tied with Tottenham on points, but are in second due to goal differential. So, I mean, Liverpool's next couple matches look decent. A couple tough ones in there. 
And then the last game, which was on Monday, this past Monday, Southampton got the win over Brighton 2-1. to Danny Ings coming back after six weeks uh, having a knee injury and going to surgery, light surgery on it. Um, big win. They played very well. They gave up an early penalty goal to Brighton, which was controversial in a way. The ball went right over uh, James Ward-Prowse's head, and for some reason he left his hand up pretty high, and it skimmed off his thumb, and video, the video assistant referee called a fucking penalty, which was bullshit. But uh, Southampton dominated this game pretty much. Well, uh, Brighton on the counterattack most of the time. Danny Welbeck for Brighton is looking like a great signing for them. Um, he's looking like the Welbeck of old, Welleg, if, if some of you know that. Um, he's looking like a great signing. I'm looking to potentially pick him up on fantasy. Drop Che Adams since Danny Welbeck or Danny Ings is back now for Southampton. So that could be good. Uh, so pr- we'll... I guess we'll carry on to previewing the games for this week, and once Evan comes back, he'll add notes if he wants. Um, right now, currently, Friday, December 11th, uh, we are recording this during the second half of the Leeds-West Ham game. It's currently 1-1. Um, I'd like to see West Ham pull out a win here. It'd be huge for them. Leeds is a very inconsistent team. They're very... Uh, Marco Bielsa is a very headstrong coach. He does not change his ways, really. Um, he gave out his full starting 11 midweek, letting West Ham prepare for them a couple days in advance, which was an odd odd tactic. But um, I think West Ham can squeak this game out, really. Uh, moving on to Saturday's list of games, we have Wolves hosting Aston Villa. Um, this looks like it's going to be a really good game. Uh, obviously, without Raul Jimenez, their, their key striker. So Pedro Neto slides into the middle, which is also my god fantasy. So hopefully he does well. I also got guys on Aston Villa, too. So this is going to be a very juicy matchup. Uh, I just like how Aston Villa is set up. Uh, Once they get Ross Barkley back, they're going to be really, really good. Um, I'd like to say... At Wolves' form, they have two in their last five. Villa only has one in their last five. So, actually, this is going to be a really tough match. Aston Villa do have two games in hand, which is very huge for them to move up the table here. Um... I'd like to say on their day, Aston Villa is the better team. I think Aston Villa wins this game. Uh, maybe one nothing or 2-1. I think it's going to be close. Uh, moving on, Newcastle-West Brom. Newcastle hosting. I think Newcastle win this game. Callum Wilson's looking great. Uh, John Joselvi also in the middle with Miguel Almiron, uh, the former Atlanta United man. Uh, very, very Newcastle looked very sturdy in the back at times. Also shaky, so I don't know if West Brom gets an early goal, they'll just pack it in. But I'd say Newcastle are your favorites here. Hello. Yeah, you back? Yeah, I think someone just tried to like. Uh, I don't know if that was a spam email or what, but like it appears to me that somebody just tried to hack into something or something along that line. I don't have a cash app, but I got an email saying someone turned uh, two-factor verification on on my account. But I don't have one that I know of, unless someone stole my identity, which I mean, at this point, I, maybe that happened. I don't know. 2020 would be the year for it to happen. Okay. Yeah. And then I would just disappear, honestly. If you want to take my identity, that's fine. I'll go live on an island somewhere. <laughs> you can, I can, I'll call into the podcast from satellite phone. Yeah. That'd be tough. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was, I just recap, I just previewed the Wolves Aston Villa game and the Newcastle West Brom game. Do you have anything you want to say about those? 
No, I'm sure. I mean, what you say? You said Wolves win, and then you said Newcastle win? I actually said Aston Villa. I was saying on their day, I think they're the better team. I think Wolves are playing small ball up front, which is which is good sometimes. I mean, Pedro Neto and Potence. I know Potence is your guy up there. Yeah, he is. So I think it's going to be a good match, but I, I I just like Aston Villa in this game. I think Grealish and is looking good. Ollie Watkins is, is inconsistent, I'll say, but I think this is one of those days where he performs well. So I just have a funny feeling about Aston Villa. I could be wrong, but I just have a feeling. I think it's a toss-up game. I'm at, my my gut's actually telling me Wolves here, mm-hmm. but we'll have to see. Yeah, and then for Newcastle West Brom, Newcastle easy for me. Yeah, all I said about that was um, as long as they don't give up the first goal to West Brom, they should be good. Yeah, uh, good. You made good timing. So now we have the Manchester derby. Yep. Manchester United have a lot of problems in the media, a lot of backroom, locker room issues. Man City are in great form. I think this is one of those games where Man City just absolutely obliterate them, like four four nothing, four one. Yeah, I actually agree. I was gonna say this would probably be a three one type game. I think that United will score, but I think it'll be too late. I think City will probably put two past them. United may get one in return. Mm-hmm. And then it'll it'll just be City finishing strong. I, I don't see United winning this game, which they desperately need to to continue that run of form they're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sterling's in form now, getting goals. Aguero scored one midweek. Um, I, I don't know whether Aguero is going to start or Jesus, but the game's at Old Trafford, so um, I don't think they're allowed any fans up there. I think they're a tier three zone. Yes, so, which sucks a lot. But yeah, I'd say City big here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the next game, I know exactly what I'm doing here. Chelsea Everton, Chelsea win four nothing. I'm gonna come out and say it. I think it's gonna be a wa- a wash. Are you gonna bet on the? Uh, are you gonna bet on the four nothing line? I think I'd bet over three and a half goals. Yeah. I don't know if I'd bet the correct score. I just think that if Giroud starts, yes. If Abraham starts, no. Okay. Just the way, just the way, like Drew's involvement in the team, he works better with. Um, I know when Reese James gets up, he's looking instantly for Drew, and Drew can control his balls better. That came out yeah. wrong. Um, no, I, I hear you though. Better than Tammy. <laughs> Tammy's just so sporadic. He looks, he looks like a spaz. He looks like a spaz out there sometimes. He's just too tall and lanky. He doesn't look like a soccer player. Yeah, I agree. But he has his moments. I'll say that I can't take I can't take too much away from him. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea win big here. Pulisic is still trying to find his fitness. He did score last in that last game against um, who did who was a uh, against Leeds? Who yeah, did they play in Leeds? Yeah, he scored in the ninetieth, getting a, a Timo getting the assist. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea are looking great here. Everton still without their fullbacks. I think that's huge, a huge loss, and that's where our strength is. I think. Reese James and Chilwell getting up high. Davies and Awobi are not they're not the guys you want covering them out wide. They'll, no, they're Ch- not. Chilwell's going to absolutely annihilate whoever's on that right side, and it's going to be absolute hell for those guys. So, yeah, I think Chelsea huge here. Yeah, I I, pro- I think I agree with you here. Um, this could be a sneaky one for Everton. It'd be a really good result if they can actually like seize a point here. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think Chelsea are, are kind of riding right now, and they should be able to run over Everton uh, 2-0. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. In our in Chelsea's last five, they've won four and drawn one. Everton, on the other hand, have only won one in their last five. So all four yep. of you think Chelsea here, but Everton is home, so that may play a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Sunday's slate, there are five games here, no Monday games. So once Sunday is over, that's a wrap. There are, are there games midweek next week? Yeah. Oh it yeah, it's like a double week. Looks like there's games on the. Yeah. There's a double week, so I might have to touch on that Monday. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, yeah. It's they're too far in advance, I think, to touch now. Yeah, you, we need to know like this weekend's results to have an idea, just in case people yeah. get injured in that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, uh southampton hosting sheffield i think southampton easy here now that danny yeah. is back he looked great he added a new dimension to their attack which they've been lacking che adams has a big clunker and theo walcott isn't as creative as he used to be he's just that mm-hmm. speedster type of guy and danny Ings just adds that touch of class and flair up front he created a lot of bit different chances than the other two would um sheffield bottom of the table just still looking for their first win and i don't think this is the week for them yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Southampton do this one easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Crystal Palace hosting Spurs. Crystal Palace, like we talked about, came off a huge win over West Brom, but that might not be saying much. Spurs coming off that win against Arsenal. Uh, top of the league Spurs, I should say. Don't know how much longer that'll last. Eventually, they'll have to lose a game. Uh, yeah. But I think this isn't the week. I think Spurs come in this really hot crystal palace have a very slow defense and i think if harry kane plays the way he did last week against arsenal he'll be setting up uh bergwijn and son a lot yeah kane and son are gonna run all around uh around this very slow old um crystal palace defense and regardless of how zaha plays um and that as a kid uh i don't think they have enough in them to to knock off tottenham i don't even think they can draw tottenham Tottenham should win this very easily. They're only minus one thirty-five on the money line, which is crazy. Yeah, I think that's just because they're away. I but guess yeah. it's not really away because it's a London derby, so they don't yeah. have to travel that far. So I, I would smash Spurs on that. Yep. Uh, next, a similar game, I would say Fulham hosting Liverpool. Um, Fulham currently seventeenth, sitting right above that relegation zone. Uh, yeah, I said Fulham, right? I didn't say Liverpool. Yeah, you said Fulham. Okay, I thought I said Liverpool for some reason. And then Liverpool is second. Um, I think same lines as Spurs. They're in great form. Salah's starting to score goals now since Jota's fallen off a little bit. So now they're they're well-rounded. And Trent Alexander-Arnold's back in the lineup at times. So I think this is a huge win for Liverpool. Yep, I agree. I mean, they have to win this, right? You you can't you can't lose to Fulham here. If they lose to Fulham here, it's going to be worse than losing to Villa seven uh, two earlier on this season. I don't I don't see them losing. I think it's probably three nil to Liverpool. Yeah, Fulham have played good at times. Uh, that huge the they played well against Everton, and then they also got a huge win over um, who was that? I think it was West Ham the other week. They beat Fulham. Them. Beat yeah yeah or Leicester. They beat Leicester, Leicester two one two two one. Yeah, just getting that first goal is huge for a team's morale. So yeah. I think if Fulham gets the first goal, it could be interesting to see. But I think Liverpool score within the first fifteen. Yep. Uh, this is I would say this is the most important game of the season so far for Arsenal, um, hosting Burnley. This this can't come at a better time right now. They're in such they're in terrible form, and coming up against a team like Burnley, who's in even worse form, 
this is a game where Aubameyang needs to get his confidence back um, in his abilities because I was saying while you were gone, he's only scored two goals on the season and the first coming in the opener. So this is a huge game for Arsenal. Yeah, it is. If they don't win this one, the season's actually over. Like, like we need to worry about being relegated. If we can't beat Bur- Burnley at this point in the season, we actually need to worry about being relegated. I'm not. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah, I was running through their next couple games. I mean, after this Burnley game, they play Southampton. Um, I think yeah, Everton and then Chelsea. So this is a must win for Arsenal. And I mean, if they don't. You have to ask questions about Mikel. Yeah, well, I'm already asking questions about Mikel, to be honest with you. He's getting the results on those Thursday nights. Yeah, which is unfortunately not what matters because we're playing teams like Dundalk. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, man. This is a tough season to be an Arsenal fan. Uh, It's been tough being an Arsenal fan since 2015 when we played second. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I don't know. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel here anytime soon. It's It was nice bringing in Partey, but I think he's going to be one of those players that gets tired of the way that the club, that the club plays football and, and just kind of removes himself from the situation. Uh, obviously, we don't have Ozil playing. He's just sucking our wages up mm. uh, because Emirates doesn't want him playing because he said that genocide was wrong, which Jesus. it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, genocide is wrong. But they can't miss out on those precious sponsorship monies, right? Yeah. Um, it's all about yeah, the it's, PC. It's just been, it's been shit, you know. I, I'm just... It's so sad. But I think they beat Burnley. <laughs> I mean, I want to say Arsenal wins, but I would bet just... I would double chance and do a draw as well, just in case. Yeah, if you're going to put it in a parlay, I would too. Um, one thing I would say is it's getting to a point where you might have to bank on the Europa League to get in the Champions League. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're... We, we always get fucked in the Europa League, too, at some point. I'm just saying... It always happens. If, if, you, if you keep slacking in the league, you might have to put all your push all your chips in on the Europa League. Oh, I think, yeah, if we want if we want Champions League football next season, which is a huge draw on the transfer market, right? That's your, that's your number one bargaining chip as Arsenal. You need to get that Champions League. We will have to see. I mean, you're right about that. I didn't even. I haven't even thought about that at this point. Um, but but you're right. Yeah, that's your best chance right now because they're definitely not getting top four. Yeah. Unless something crazy happens in January. Yeah, like a team gets nuked or something. I was just saying, you guys offload <laughs> to make some wage wage room. I fucking hope so. They gotta get rid of Ozil or do something. Yeah, because I know Chelsea's definitely looking to offload uh, Rudiger and Keppa. They're trying yeah. to they're trying to make some money there to invest into Declan Rice, but I don't know if that's going to go through in January. Mm, yeah, we'll have to see. He's de- that's definitely a summer move, I would say. Uh, and then the last game we have Leicester hosting Brighton. Um, I was saying while you were going, Danny Welbeck's looking like a great signing for Brighton. He adds a bit of it, uh, new dimension to their attack besides Mupe and um, Conley, whoever else plays up there for them. Uh, he's. I said he's looking like the Wele of old days. He's got. He still has his legs under him. So those over the top through balls look good for him. It's actually crazy to watch him like play and be pretty good because I remember him back when he was at Arsenal. You know, mm-hmm. and it was always like a meme. 
that that's you know that's who we decided to to sign that one season where we desperately needed a striker yep uh and then obviously i remember him coming up for united all those years mm-hmm. such a crazy it's been so long so long uh i i would say i mean the way lester plays is when they have like control possession of the game they don't do well and brighton is a team that is a counterattack based team and they look good at times defensively i mean lewis dunk's been playing well um lamptey's a great player moving up and up and down the flank whipping balls yeah. into those guys and um like i said before Dan, danny Welbeck looks good up there and mope coming off the bench is nice adds some depth for them attacking wise so uh i would say i would take a chance here in this game i think it's going to work against me but i think brighton win or draw here would be good i just don't like how lester is currently right now yeah i i don't really either they're not they don't look like a dominating team that's not really how they play though mm-hmm. you know um but i guess i would i'd probably take lester mm-hmm. uh west ham just went up 2-1 against leeds 80th minute ogbonna with a header um 10 oh, minutes man. left so i was saying while you were gone i think west ham takes the win in this game late on so surprisingly it was right there somehow but game's not over leeds is a dangerous team so 10 minutes is a lot of time for them yep uh, that that covers week or yeah week twelve of the Premier League preview. Um, other than that, um, I wanted to touch on college football. Big news coming out of the Big Ten. Uh, if you guys didn't hear, um, Tuesday, Michigan canceled the game against Ohio State due to mm-hmm. COVID tests. So there is a big big questions going around whether Ohio State would make the Big Ten championship game. Uh, whether they would schedule another game this weekend to filler that six-game minimum requirement that the conference uh, put up at the beginning of the year. Uh, What turned out was the Big Ten committee decided to allow Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern next Saturday, um, going against their own rule of the minimum six-game requirement. So as an Ohio State fan, I'm biased, but... If you're looking at it from a practical view or perspective, I should say, and they're getting special treatment. Yep, that's exactly what's happening. They see that Ohio State is the breadwinner for the Big Ten. They're the most dominant team year in and year out. And they have the largest alumni and fan base in the country, I would say, up there with Alabama, if uh, probably bigger. And they bring the money wherever they play, the fans go. Yeah, that's true. So I think it's a it's a business it's a business move. I think them playing against Northwestern the Big Ten game is a bigger draw, um, viewership wise, rather than in Indiana versus Northwestern. If you're looking at it from analytically speaking with viewership, that there's a big difference there. Yeah, of course. And I mean, the line's going to open up. Uh, I'm going to look at now. I think the line's going to have Ohio State huge in this game i mean northwestern does not look good in attacking uh, um on the offensive side um uh, i don't even think it's up yet because uh, it's next weekend oh wait they're probably yeah oh there it is it's, it's opening up 20 and a half to ohio state right now oh 20 and a half right. point favorites right now um yeah i i just look back to the northwestern michigan state game two weeks ago where 
Michigan State beat Northwestern and dominantly, like, offensively, they're terrible. And Michigan State's a, a defense first team, but Ohio State the following week absolutely obliterated them by 40. So Yeah, they smashed them fucking hard. I mean, I think Ohio State wins this game, and then comes the question of, do you take Ohio State in the college football playoffs at a 6-0? and or do you take a team like uh, Texas A&M or a Cincinnati at ten and one, or even ten and zero? A and M. You would take A and M over Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, honestly, dude, I fucking I love them this year. I've watched a couple of A and M games, and I've bet on them a couple times, mm-hmm. and they've covered and they've covered for me every single time. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of football to play. You have Alabama probably playing uh florida next weekend in the sec championship game so yeah big implications on that game i mean obviously if alabama wins they lock their spot in at number one but if florida wins there's a huge argument that they get in at the four spot and potentially alabama might move to the two and notre dame moves up to the one but then you have the acc championship game which is notre dame clemson yeah you have to worry about that which is even bigger because if Notre Dame beats Clemson for a second time, Clemson I know it Clemson, turns everything's upside down. Clemson does not make the playoffs. Yep, they'll drop out, and then I think Ohio State gets in, and then A and M might squeak in. I know, dude. This is it's, it's been the it's been a crazy season for college football in terms of like parity and who's beat who, mm-hmm. but it's also it, like that added aspect of the COVID scheduling bullshit, and yeah. then obviously bending the rules to make sure games get played or don't get played it's so crazy man it's hard to keep up with if you're not if you're not a a diehard fan it's really hard to keep up with yeah that's the one thing about college football a lot of um nfl people don't get into it because it's a lot of huge fan bases and like it's diehard people there's no casual college football fans really no and like i don't for me like i I pay attention because i like sports and i just like the way that scheduling and all of that fits in i like Mm -hmm. i think it's an interesting thing to talk about and look at yeah uh and i'm not necessarily a massive fan of college football i think it's kind of messy it's definitely entertaining um but i don't have any any stock in any team you know like i'm not going to be one of those like fucking weirdos from here that's like oh penn state because they're the closest large you know d1 football school like i don't give a fuck about penn state Uh, technically it'd be Rutgers. Why? Well, I, I guess, but I but mean, let's, you don't let's... want to support their football team. <laughs> no, they suck, right? Yeah. I, I mean, like a, a this team year they're has, performing well. Yeah, a team that has a history of kind of winning, which is what I'll give Penn State. Um, but I don't. In, in all honesty, I, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about Penn State, right? You know, um, I. But I, like, as long as I've known you, you guys, y- your mom obviously is a huge Ohio State fan. Yeah, we're, so, we're diehards about it. Yeah, so you have you have a rooting stake, which I you know that makes sense why you're a college football fan. Yeah, my main draw, not even being an Ohio State fan, is just the school pride aspect and the the fandom of like supporting your school. I just love that idea. I mean, it carries down into the high school level too. Just like school pride and all that is something i really really like and it's it's it brings the best out of people and at times i think college football is better than the nfl games at points i wouldn't say talent wise and performance wise but just like 
the energy and emotion you get out of kids is great to see. Yeah, it, it is entertaining for sure. I, I, I would never say that it's not entertaining. It's just not necessarily what I I'd much rather watch an NFL game. I think it's just a fine. It's a finer, more finished product. Especially yeah. something to gamble on. I am not gambling on college football. I hate doing it. Yeah. When I bet, I mainly just bet on the Big Ten because I watch all those teams consistently. So I feel comfortable on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the last thing I'll say about that is the the college football committee is made up of, I think, 23 members. And they, they are the ultimate decision makers of who makes and who doesn't. So. Uh, it all comes down to Power 5 schools. The non-Power 5 conferences get absolutely shafted every year because they just can't pull the viewership. Like a Cincinnati right now is undefeated, and there were talks a couple weeks ago with BYU making the top 10, but uh, something good came out of it, which was the the 24-hour rule or something where Coastal Carolina called them out, and the next day they flew them out, and they played each other, and they were two undefeated non-Power 5 teams, and Coastal upset them, which was huge. Yeah. So that's one thing I like. The, um, I think I heard on part of my take they were saying there should be a week open for all these teams where they need to do that type of thing where they call somebody, call call a team out, and then like they schedule it on the button and like bring them in, and it's like a really good game or something. I don't know. Yeah, just add some spice to the year. That's true. Um. So yeah. Um, Ohio State getting in the Big Ten championship game. Hopefully, they get in the playoffs. I just want them to get redemption against Clemson for the bullshit. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, other than that, that's all I have on my list. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say, Evan? No, it's been today's been nuts. Uh, and yeah. then obviously, someone trying to steal my identity just within the middle of the podcast. Oh, yeah, of um, course. It's just been it's been crazy, you know. Finals. I I talked briefly about that on on my show, mm-hmm. um, kind of keeping me down. But he actually just my final uh, paper that I need to do, which was supposed to be like a ten to twelve pager. He just emailed us and was like, "Yo, listen, give me five pages and we'll just call it square." Mm-hmm. So so that's nice. Um, probably just gonna work on that uh, this upcoming week. Try and keep my head out of the sports books for a couple days. Yeah. Uh, realign myself. Maybe play some games. Obviously, a new game came out, Cyberpunk, that we've both been playing. Um, yeah, I'm but... really glad it came out. I'm testing it out. I'm brand new to it. Didn't know anything about it. So uh, it's definitely going to be a time eater where I'm not bored out of my mind. So it'll definitely kill time in between uh, yeah. when, when I'm not at work. Yep. Which is all that we can hope for these days until things get back to normal. Uh, haven't heard any news on that vaccine that they're supposed to have out by the middle of December. So uh, They're getting it all approved and they're getting distributed soon. So I think things are starting to come. I think they were yeah. just saying it, some of that stuff just for headlines to get people talking about it. But by, yeah. I'd say by the beginning of the year, we should see a lot of change coming, which is exciting Hopefully. to see. Just give it to the old heads and, you know, make sure they're they're going to be okay to come out into the, the public without the fucking masks and all that shit. And then I'll take it as long as nobody dies from it, you know? Yeah. Apparently there's like an app coming out saying whether you're going to be, whether you're vaccinated or not with COVID or something. Yeah. I mean, I really hate that, but I, I guess I understand the need. Because that's going to be ridiculous because for those vaccine, vaccine purists that hate it and don't believe in them, like our business is going to exclude people that don't take the vaccine. 
Uh, no, I wouldn't think so. I do think if you're an anti-vaxxer, though, like with like all the way, like you think vaccines give your kids autism, then you're actually just a fucking moron. But uh, no, I don't think I don't think they'll they'll exclude you from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't have the infrastructure to like get that set up. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, maybe some things like hospitals and stuff like that would utilize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, like mom and pop stores probably not checking the app before you come in, right? Yeah, I mean they need the business. They're the ones that need the business the most. Yeah, exactly. Um, other than that, uh, I think we wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Post Twenty Podcast. Um, Monday we'll be back with Trips M's with me, and then Wednesday back with Evans spread lineups. Wake up wednesday yep um other than that thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time